Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we're reading Mark 14, verses 26 to 31, and then through J.C. Rowell's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 14, verses 26 to 31. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. This is the word of the Lord. We see in these verses how well our Lord foreknew the weakness and infirmity of his disciples. He tells them plainly what they were going to do. All of you will desert me. He tells Peter in particular the astounding sin which he was to commit. This night before the rooster crows twice, you shall deny me three times. Yet, our Lord's foreknowledge did not prevent his choosing these twelve disciples to be his apostles. He allowed them to be his intimate friends and companions, knowing perfectly well what they would do one day. He granted them the mighty privilege of being continually with him, and hearing his voice, with a clear foresight of the melancholy weakness and lack of faith which we did exhibit at the end of his ministry. This is a remarkable fact and deserves to be had in continual remembrance. Let us take comfort in the thought that the Lord Jesus does not cast off his believing people because of failures and imperfections. He knows what they are. He takes them as the husband takes the wife, with all their blemishes and defects, and, once joined to him by faith, will never leave them. He is a merciful and compassionate high priest. It is his glory to pass over the transgressions of his people and to cover their many sins. He knew what they were before a conversion, wicked, guilty, and defiled, yet he loved them. He knows what they will be after conversion, weak, erring, and frail, yet he loves them. He has undertaken to save them, notwithstanding all their shortcomings and what he has undertaken, he will perform. Let us learn to pass a charitable judgment on the conduct of professing believers. Let us not set them down in a low place and say they have no grace because we see in them much weakness and corruption. Let us remember that our Master in heaven bears with their infirmities, and let us try to bear with them too. The Church of Christ is little better than a great hospital. We ourselves are all, more or less, weak and all daily need the skillful treatment of the heavenly physician. There will be no complete cure until the resurrection day. We see in the second place in these verses how much comfort professing Christians may miss by carelessness and inattention. Our Lord spoke plainly of his resurrection, 
After I am risen, I will go before you to Galilee. Yet his words appear to have been thrown away and spoken in vain. Not one of his disciples seems to have noticed them or treasured them up in his heart. When he was betrayed, they forsook him. When he was crucified, they were almost in despair. And when he rose again on the third day, they would not believe that it was true. They had heard of it frequently with the hearing of the ear, but had never made the impression on their hearts. What an exact picture we have here of human nature. How often we see the very same thing among professing Christians in the present day. How many truths we read yearly in the Bible, and yet remember them no more than if we had never read them at all. How many words of wisdom we hear in sermons heedlessly and thoughtlessly, and live on as if we never heard them. The days of darkness and affliction come upon us by and by, and then we prove unarmed and unprepared. On sick beds and in mourning, we see a meaning in texts and passages which we at one time heard listlessly and unconcerned. Things flash across our minds at such seasons and make us feel ashamed that we had not noticed them before. We then remember to have read them and heard them and seen them, but they made no impression upon us. Like Hagar's well in the wilderness, they were close at hand, but, like Hagar, we never saw them. Genesis 21.19 Let us pray for a quick understanding in hearing and reading God's word. Let us search into every part of it and not lose any precious truth in it for lack of care. So doing, we shall lay up a good foundation against the time to come and in sorrow and sickness be found armed. Let us mark how little reason ministers have to be surprised if the words that they preach in sermons are often unnoticed and unheeded. They only drink of the same cup with their master. Even he said many things which were not noticed when first spoken. And yet we know that never man spoke like this man. The disciple is not greater than his master, nor the servant than his Lord. We have need of patience. Truths that seem neglected at first often bear fruit after many days. We see in the last place in these verses how much ignorant self-confidence may sometimes be found in the hearts of professing Christians. The Apostle Peter could not think it possible that he could ever deny his Lord. If I have to die with you, he says, I will never deny you. And he did not stand alone in his confidence. The other disciples were of the same opinion, and all the others vowed the same. Yet what did all this confident boasting come to? Twelve hours did not pass before all the disciples forsook our Lord and fled. Their loud professions were all forgotten. The present danger swept all their promises fidelity clean away. So little do we know how we should act in any particular position until we are placed in it. So much do present circumstances alter our feelings. Let us learn to pray for humility. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16:18. There is far more wickedness in all our hearts than we know. We never can tell how far we might fall if once placed in temptation. There is no degree of sin into which the greatest saint may not run if he is not held up by the grace of God and if he does not watch and pray 
The seeds of every wickedness lie hidden in our hearts. They need only the convenient season to spring forth into a mischievous vitality. Let him that thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. He that trusts his own heart is a fool. 1 Corinthians 10.12 and Proverbs 28.26 Let our daily prayer be, Hold me up and I shall be safe. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. In considering what we've just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, do we have a realistic view of the people of God? When sin takes place in the church, are we surprised? Or are we reminded that the church is more of a hospital than a museum? Do we believe God is patient and merciful towards sinners? Second, do we read the Bible and its precious truths as if they are life and peace and seek to store them up as if our lives depend on it? Or do we read, close, and forget? Third, are we arrogant thinking that we are immune to sin? Or do we walk in humility, being careful if we think we stand, lest we fall?